Hi, I'm Robin and welcome to Well-Conceived Business. We help online business owners within health and wellness to create a business and life that is not only well-paid, but well-lived. Here you'll find honest and refreshing conversations about what it takes to create a business around your life, what healthy hustle looks like, as well as insights and tips on growing your audience, your signature program, your profit and your peace. Ready? Let's go. So let's not pretend that running your online business or growing your online business alongside having young children is easy. And for many of us, if we have an online business and we're mamas, we're trying to create an online business so that we can have a life and spend more time with our children. And I never known any different than running my business alongside having young children. So I'm not one of these women who was like, I grew my business and I worked 20 hour days to grow it. And then I had children. I'm not that person. I have always only had the opportunity, not resentfully to work on my business in part-time hours and alongside childcare, alongside school holidays and all of those things. I first started my online, I guess, business or presence when my first daughter, Chloe, was a baby. And I remember, you know, she didn't really nap. So I can't say I really did anything during nap times. It was like 30 minute naps all the time. Didn't matter if she was well rested or super tired. It was always just 30 minute naps. So I had like little moments and pockets of time that I would do things. And this is at the stage when I was sort of in vegan blogging and health and wellness. And then in 2018, when my second child, Olivia, was about 10 months old, was when I decided that I didn't want to go back to my part-time role. So I would make this a business. I registered as a company and that was all when Chloe was coming up to three years old and Olivia was about 10 months old and I ran my business alongside that. I then, when Olivia was about a year and a half, took up a part-time role. I was headhunted for a role and had felt at that time really lonely in motherhood and so took up a part-time role alongside, again, having my online business. It has not been a picture of consistency. My journey has been a picture of messy, just getting things done, not being perfect, stopping, starting, doing what I can. And so in today's episode, I'm going to talk about how to navigate school holidays alongside running a small business. And we'll talk about four of the big mindset shifts that I've had along the way, as well as some really practical tips for how to run your business alongside being a mom, a caregiver, a house cleaner, someone who probably also has a nine to five job and all of the things. I feel like not enough people are talking about this. So let's dive into the podcast today. So I remember when I first started creating my online business and starting an Instagram following in a podcast. And I remember that there was this big thought in my mind that 
it almost felt like I had a rope tied around my waist. There were things that I wanted to do. I knew what I needed to do. Like I knew that I needed to post on Instagram every day. I knew that I needed to have a podcast that went out weekly, but really felt like there was a rope tied around my waist. I was trying to run, but I just couldn't get anywhere because I had all of these other things that were demanding my attention that were arguably more important. And there was this real element of resentment around that. I grew my business within the space of infertility. So I would see other people showing up for videos with their kids running around and felt like I didn't have that opportunity as well because the people who I was trying to talk to were people who would really feel triggered by seeing that all the time. That was my own personal thoughts that I had at the time. And it was a real story that I had created around what was and wasn't possible for me because I had children. It was bullshit. (laughs) All of it was bullshit and excuses as to why I couldn't, couldn't get things done. And all of it was in part, almost, I feel this construct of mum guilt. And I have a bugbear with this. I just posted on my Instagram at Launch Easy Life about those reels that are going viral at the moment saying you only have 18 summers with your children. You only have 12 first days of school, et cetera, et cetera. And I feel like all they do is, again, reinforce the idea that as mums and parents, We are supposed to attend to every single whim of our children. We need to be with them every single waking and non-waking hour. We need to have these elaborate plans for making memories with them and probably documenting the process so that we can create reels like this. And it makes us feel guilty for wanting time away from our children, for wanting anything for ourselves for having desires and needs and hobbies and I don't think it's helpful whatsoever. So while I've you know originally started my business with a, this little tinge of resentment that I wouldn't be able to be like the people you know like the Denise Duffield Thomases and the manifestation babe Catherine Zenkinas who put in 16 hour days and long hours to grow their business I really lent into what it is like to create a business as a mum. And it's meant that I've let go of perfection. It's meant that I've really been clear on what I want and don't want in my business. It's made me continually come back and set really strong boundaries in my business. And I now look at this as a blessing And I feel really settled now into what it's like to run my business alongside being a mum. So what I'm going to share today is the big four mindset reframes that have helped me the most. And then we're going to dive into some really practical tips around what it is like to work in school holidays, how to keep the kids occupied, Um, what kind of things you can lean into and some of the things that have worked for me. So are you ready? Shall we dive in? So here are the big four mindset reframes that have helped me the most to navigate school holidays and business and also just navigate parenting and business in general. Number one, the biggest feelings of failure that you will have and disappointment 
don't come from what your life is like. They come from unmet expectations. Often the reason that things feel hard is because we have an expectation about what things should look like. And sometimes those are really unrealistic. So even consider this on a wider scale. The reason why you might feel like your business is failing or taking too long is because you've expected it to look a particular way. You've put particular goals in that you say you have to achieve this goal or you'll be a failure. It has to take this long or you'll be a failure. Your days have to look like this. You have to put in 16 hours. It has to go this fast. And I would say that that really sets us up for feeling like a failure and feeling disappointed in ourselves and our business. You may have said to yourself, I'm going to do three hours of work tomorrow and the kids are going to play nicely, et cetera, et cetera. And how often, you know, does parenting ever look like that? How often do you go for a walk with your kids and everybody walks really nicely? Nobody has a tantrum. No one makes you carry their bike. It doesn't happen. So adjust your expectations and let go of perfection and let go of feeling like you have to get everything done. Everybody in online business, wants to post on Instagram more, has things they want to change on their website, has things that they wanted to do during a launch that didn't get done. Pretty much everybody has that. And so the name of the game is to go gentle with yourself and adjust your expectations as to how much you can do and what's possible. Or even let go of having any expectations And just know that perfection is impossible. It doesn't exist and it's really hard on yourself when you try to aim for perfection. Number two is the concept of the good enough mother. So when I had had Chloe and she was a baby and she didn't sleep and I was exhausted and sometimes I just needed a break and some time out, the child health nurse talked to me about the concept of the good enough mother. And it was first coined in like the 1950s from a psychologist from Britain called David Winnicott. So go and have a look at it. And he did a lot of research around the concept of parents not needing to be perfect. And in fact, perfection is impossible. And what they found was that parents actually only needed to immediately meet the needs of their children 30 to 50% of the time for the children to become well-adjusted and happy kids. So how often are we feeling like we are not doing enough and that we're not perfect and that, you know, our child cried for a minute and therefore that makes us a bad mum? Like how often do you get to the end of the day and celebrate, do you know what? I showed up for my kid 50% of the time. I'm amazing. (laughs) If we have one or two instances where things don't go perfect as a mum, we get to bed and we like trash talk ourselves the entire night. And in actual fact, not only did it show that you only needed to get it right 30 to 50% of the time, but it showed that when you're a parent and you are continually providing for every single need that your child has immediately, it's actually not helpful for your child and not healthy in raising a well-adjusted child because what that shows is it doesn't set our kids up for the very real world that sometimes things take time sometimes you need to be patient sometimes the world doesn't revolve around you sometimes there are 
um, other people in the family that need attention for a minute before you. And sometimes you need to be resilient. Sometimes you need to find the answer yourself. Sometimes you need to be bored for a minute and use your own brain. And the concept of the good enough mother was that almost the concept that as our children get a little bit older, we fail them a little bit more in like minor ways, right? So obviously nobody's neglecting children or abusing them or anything like that. But in minor little ways, you know, we take a little bit longer to attend to them when they're crying. We encourage them to just take a minute for themselves so that we can take a minute for ourselves. And it showed that as they get older, that happens a little bit and a little bit and a little bit more. And that really encourages their independence, their resilience, etc. So how often are you feeling when it's things like school holidays, when you're running your business that your child is asking for a snack and that, you know, you have to just constantly get up and attend to every single need that they have. This is your permission slip to be a good enough mother and allow your children to wait for just a second or not feel that guilt that you are not hurriedly attending to their every whim. It's okay if what you are doing like 70% of the time is good enough, right? Your best is always good enough. And as a parent and a person and a mother, it's totally okay for you to have needs, wants, desires, a business that fills your cup. Because I know that my business, it fills my cup. I absolutely love what I do. And it's okay for that to be the case. I do not need to be with my children every single waking and non-waking hour. I do not need to immediately jump up the second that they have a requirement and that it's actually healthy for them to have a minute, right? Number three, just get on with it. When Jacinda Ardern was having a baby, she looked at the queen and she said, give me your secrets. How do you do it? And that was the queen's response. I just get on with it. Now, before I heard this, I guess, experience that Jacinta Ardern had, I had already learned this lesson. You just get on with it. When you are running a business alongside young children, there's going to be times when things just don't go perfect. You're going to have kids sick days. I'll never forget planning out a launch making the launch the week after school went back, like pats on the back for me factoring in school holidays. And this is one of the tips that I have. But then we went into lockdown and I couldn't have childcare because my parents, my mom had just navigated cancer and my dad had just had a stent put in and they wanted no bar of us. And you couldn't anyway, because I live in Perth, Western Australia, where lockdown meant like lockdown. And so I had to run my webinar. I'd, had, I'd paid all this money for advertising. I had the most people ever attending my, like ready to attend my launch. This was me scaling up my online course business. And then I had the kids with me and they were really little at that time. So I think Chloe was four and Olivia was two. So they were meant to go to daycare and school, but they couldn't because we were in a, like one week compulsory lockdown. I prepared y'all like I had prepared them snacks. I had set up games for them. I had like given them iPad time. I had then <laughs> outside the room where I was doing my webinar, I had a table with more games and more snacks. And then inside 
where I was running the webinar just on the off chance that they would get through my barricade and they wouldn't be entertained by those games or those next level snacks. I had a, just a bag of chalk drops like cooking chocolate and I was like, if they, you know, come through my boundary and they get into the webinar, I'm just going to throw the chocolates at them and they're going to go, oh, chocolates and run away and squirrel them away, the two of them. And it's all going to be perfect. And I have the best plan. Well, what happened was I started the webinar within five minutes. They both had a giant bust up I could hear them like screaming and yelling at each other laughing now because or like in the moment I was freaking out like literally I had more than a thousand people had signed up and I like paid in Facebook advertising for this so I didn't want to reschedule I didn't want to postpone it I was desperate to go ahead but within five minutes of starting they had this giant argument right outside the door where I was having the webinar and they didn't care about any of the toys that I had. They kind of ripped through it. They weren't interested in their iPads and the eldest, Chloe, four years old at the time, then came through and just started talking to me, mom, this is going on, mom. And I was like doing my best to attend to like both audiences Chloe and this big audience of I think I had more than 100 people on live so I was doing my best to be really calm and to keep going through my slides at the same time as periodically turning to Chloe and being like hey could you just help me out and do this I gave her the chocolates and remember my plan was that she'd be like yes chocolates Olivia and I'd just be like here share these with Olivia no, it didn't happen. She was like, no. And then sat at my feet and tugged at my arm whilst still devouring the chocolates at my feet. And this was the flavor of how I ran the webinar. At the time I was distraught. Like I got off that webinar and I had like hated the world. I was like, that was such a stressful experience. And it's not going to never feel stressful when that happens. It's never, you know, you can book all the childcare, et cetera, that you want. And sometimes things are just going to go pear shaped. Um, but now in hindsight, having run my business that way, I flow with it. Whenever I have a call, like sometimes I'll have afternoon calls for the, and it's for people, for example, in the UK, and I don't have childcare often for other afternoon sessions. And I want to be the person who picks my kids up from school. I'll give them snacks. They are getting better at it. Like, obviously, you need to practice this. You need to have, try and instill boundaries with your kids, but it's always a work in progress. And sometimes they will come through. They'll sit on my lap. They'll be crying, whatever. And I just get on with it because the alternative would be to never show up on Instagram. The alternative would be, you know, to freak out and have a stressful business and then have to cancel clients all the time. And so I don't run that business my way. My clients fully understand that this is what my life looks like and that I'm always going to give my full attention to my clients regardless of what's happening. I'm always going to try and go above and beyond, but the alternative is not doing it, not running my business. And so, sure, do I like to try and organize childcare when I can? Do I like to not have my kids around when I'm working? Absolutely. But sometimes that's not possible. So I just get on with it and I do it anyway.
If you're a health and wellness practitioner and you're growing your business, you know that Instagram is unrivaled in its ability to grow, connect, and convert your audience all on the one platform. But it's not just about going viral and reaching a bunch of people. It's about grabbing your cloud nine clients' attention in a way that positions you as an authority and a service provider. Want to know exactly how to do that? I have a free PDF case study with three example posts that will give you an insight into three different types of posts you can create today to help you do just that. Check out our show notes or visit launcheasylife.com slash social to get your hands on this free PDF copy today. Number four is remembering that multiple things can be true at the same time. I love my kids beyond words, but I also really like having time away from them. And it's okay for those two things to be true at the same time. I am allowed to have dreams. I'm allowed to want to be creative and have a revenue generating outlet for myself at the same time as wanting to have a business that gives me the freedom to be with my kids. Multiple things can be true at the same time. It's okay to feel grateful at the same time as feeling sad. It's okay to feel excited about your business at the same time as feeling like you're in a hard season. You can feel multiple things at the same time and you can want multiple things at the same time. It's totally okay to feel grateful, love on your children, want to spend time with them at the same time as wanting to have a break from them from time to time. So with all of that said, giving yourself grace, letting go of perfection, just getting on with it, right? Um, Readjusting, you know, how things should look. These are my tips for navigating school holidays with children. So the number one thing that I find is if you are really attentive to them in the morning, then by mid-morning, they're generally going to be able to give you that space They're going to find their toys. They're going to get into activities, but you've filled their cup in the morning and then mid-morning to late morning, you can start filling your cup and do some work knowing that they're set up with their activities. As much as I'm a total morning person, as much as I would like to just start work at 6 a.m. and power through till 10 a.m. or whatever it is, that's often not possible for me. So it always looks like me starting the morning with the kids feeding them, getting them dressed rather than being like, could you just do it yourself this morning? It just like it never pans out that way. Really being attentive to them, seeing what they want to do today, helping them get set up with activities and doing some activities with them. And then once they're set up, you know what I mean? Like and they get into those games and they're going through it, they know what they want to do. I find it much more easier to step away. When I don't, sometimes it looks like them constantly coming in and being like, what can I do? What can I do? I'm bored. I want a snack, whatever. Whereas if they're, you know, really entranced in a game, they're off with to the races. The next thing I have a tip for is writing a to-do list the night before. So one of the things I've really been loving at the moment is just this to-do list, but then going through and ranking that to-do list. So I'll just put numbers by like, what are the five most urgent things that need to get done? And then I just call it again and again and again till there's basically one thing. If I didn't do these other four things, right? If I had, if I had to not do one of these four things, what's going to be the one that breaks everything the most, 
right? What is the one thing that really actually needs to happen today? And so often what we're saying is this needs to happen today. This needs to happen today. Probably doesn't. <laughs> like it's probably not as urgent as you're making it out to be. Will the world really end if I don't do this thing? And often the answer is no, it can wait a little bit. And I just go through and really triage my list. I don't even do really three things. I work it down to like, what is the number one thing that has to get done and I go through the rest of the list like if this waited till tomorrow or next week what's the worst that's going to happen this is your business and your rules right you're the one that's setting all the deadlines you're the one that's setting all the to-do lists just adjust the to-do lists and the deadlines because you're the one that set them in the first place number three like have strong boundaries sometimes I find that when I have fluffy boundaries it looks like me every night saying, I'm just going to work tonight. I'll just get it done tonight. And then every night, night comes around and I'm like, I'm really tired. I'm not going to do it tonight. And what that does is have this really stressful flow on effect because I'm always stressful because I feel like I should be working tonight. I should be working tonight, but I'm not. Well, why don't you just say I don't work at night? Or I tell you what works for me is I actually do a little bit of work every Monday night. The reason why I do that is because we have to do payroll for some employees and it has to, and often I don't get the information on their hours until Monday during the day. So it has, it kind of has to happen most weeks. Sometimes I will get it done during the day and then great. But most of the time I only receive the the information and have the ability to do it on Monday night. So I just have it as a non-negotiable that Monday night I will go to the computer and I will, will work. It, it doesn't bother me to work on a Monday night because it's in routine, but unless it is so supremely urgent that it can't wait, I don't work at night. So I give myself that big permission slip that unless it's like the most urgent of urgent things, I don't work at night. So I don't have that guilt hanging over my head of I should be working tonight or I should be doing this. And likewise, I really go through my calendar and plan out my year. The very first thing that goes into my calendar is the school holidays for the year. And I work around my work hours. When am I doing group calls? When am I launching and delivering programs and I really try to work that around when the school holidays are so that when I have the school holidays the only time I'm really working is a couple of kind of check-in days where I'll just knock off some things that um, need to happen I'm not really working on big giant projects big deliverables big launches during school holidays um, I, it's almost like I intend to have those off but then organize a couple of uh, check-in days during those check-in days, my kids go to my grandparents. Um, so my grandparents definitely, you know, aren't hit up to have them four days a week or anything like that during school holidays. Um, they just have them, you know, like two days, one day a week on if it's two weeks school holidays and then another day the following week and they might do an excursion or something like that with the girls. Sometimes I'll go, you know, hop into my computer for half an hour in the morning, an hour in the morning while I have my coffee and the girls are all set up, ready to go. But outside of that, I kind of plan to always take it easy to let go of the big deadlines during school holidays. Something else that's been working really well for us, we've had Olivia um, 
working on some emotional regulation tools and things like that. And something that's really been working for Olivia at the moment is buttons in a jar. So, you know, um, I don't know, I'm definitely not the perfect parent. And sometimes, you know how you just, you say, I'm not going to bribe my kids. And then you get into this habit of like bribing them for everything. My hand is up. Like it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. Um, But what we've been doing is buttons in a jar. So if you can go a full day without this, or if you can go a full day with this, you can put a button in the jar at the end of the day. Once the jar is full, then we'll go to Kmart, Target, wherever, and you can choose a toy for X amount. Kind of gets me out of the habit of always promising, like you can have an icy pole or you can do this today and always feeling like I'm always bribing and giving them things, but they still get that tangible feeling of putting a button in the jar. And for whatever reason, we used to do like ticks on a checklist chart. The button in the jar seems to be working so much better for us. I don't know why, but it works so much better for us to reward with a button in the jar. The next thing that I find helps, and I don't do this every single day, but sometimes we'll put together we'll put together lunch boxes and snack ideas and boxes for the kids. I don't know what it is, but during school holidays, my kids are asking me for snacks all the time. So when I've kind of got that prepared for them, when they know where to go, if they want a snack, then they're much more independent at doing that. And likewise, when they have lunch boxes, it kind of sets the tone a little bit more for a routine and a schedule in the day. Just like when they're at school, they know that lunch is, they can have their lunch box. The next thing that we do periodically is something new when they wake up. So it might be the night before. I don't do this every day, FYI. Um, Sometimes when they wake up in the morning, there'll be something waiting for them. That is an activity that will take a decent amount of time. So one of the things we'll do is set up a fort in our front room. I don't know if any of you have seen that Bluey episode that came out recently where they put all of the sheets on top and then almost created all these little rooms with little stools and tables. That's the kind of thing that we'll do. So I'll just quickly set up the bones of it before when they go to bed and then when they wake up, it's there, they will go and they'll be filling it with their teddies. They'll be putting books under there and that generally keeps them occupied for a full day. The other thing that we've done sometimes is little treasure hunts. So it varies between I'll write out, go find three leaves, go find a purple flower, whatever, whatever. Or the other thing is they'll have like their Duplo Duplo Lego blocks, et cetera. I'll say to them, I've hidden 20 of these in the garden. Now go find them. And that can generally buy me a little bit of time. They're activities that take them a decent amount of time. Likewise, we've got craft books for them and things like that. So there's different projects that we can try and we get it set up for them so that when they wake up, they have their breakfast. They're like, oh my God, this is exciting. And they get to do that activity. And those are things that we don't typically normally do. So it feels like a bit of a thrill for them. The next one, iPads have been the biggest game changer for us. I have let go, I'll be honest, of a lot of those screen time rules for my kids. That said, we do put limits on iPads because otherwise my kids would literally sit on them all day. So some of the rules that we have around iPads are it that our iPads are locked down to the extent that there was a period there where all they could do was pretty much look up Keynote and Notes and they learn how to find the clip art and all of that on those Keynote presentations. 
I've relaxed that a little bit, but they can't search the internet. They don't have YouTube. All they have, and they don't have very many apps other than Apple Arcade. I feel like Apple Arcade is well worth the $8.99 or whatever that you pay per month. And it kind of just ensures that the games that they play don't have ads. And I can be fairly sure that there's nothing nefarious on these apps. We also have the rule that they can't just get new apps. It's all locked down and they very rarely get new apps on their iPads. But one of the rules that we have is they can play on their iPads for a little bit after breakfast if they've made their beds, gone to the toilet, got dressed and brushed their teeth. So we kind of have that checklist and they know that if they want a little bit of time on the iPad, this is, we're talking on this episode about school holidays, but this is before school holiday or like during the school term, if they want to have some free time before school and go on their iPads, then that's what they do. And we don't typically allow them to go on their iPads in the afternoon especially when they get back from school, et cetera. But iPads have been a bit of a game changer for us. We used to have just one iPad, but letting them have one each has been the biggest game changer, especially for long drives and trips. Absolute game changer. And I don't even know what people used to do without them. The next thing is adjusting my expectations. And I've kind of talked about this a little bit, but I really adjust my expectations to not expect to work a lot or get a lot done during school holidays. So again, when I start my year and when I do all my planning, it is with a calendar. It's just a calendar that I've created in Canva and it has key public holidays and school holidays all factored in there. We often go away during school holidays. So I don't expect that I'll be around a lot of the time. And then as the school holidays get closer, that's when I'll decide, well, which days will I work and have those check-in days? And I'll ask my parents if they're able to take the kids for a day. If you work, whatever, four or five days a week, whatever it looks like, this is your permission slip to do that. Don't feel guilt around putting your kids in vacation care. There is no place for guilt. It doesn't serve you and it doesn't serve your kids. Having a happy and fulfilled mum is the number one thing that will support your children in becoming healthy and well-adjusted adults. Sometimes you have to work to pay the bills. So let's let go of the perfect notion that we have to be everything, do everything, have perfect houses, et cetera, et cetera. But do feel free to hold that dream in your mind of what your online business could look like. And if freedom is what you want, keep navigating towards that North Star and chip away at it bit by bit. How do you eat the whale one bite at a time? Now, the other thing that has really been a game changer for me as a mum is readily asking for help. It's something that I learned when we were navigating infertility. Help is a strength. Asking for help is not a weakness. It's what CEOs do. And when you look at middle managers versus big time CEOs, some of the core differences between them is that big time CEOs don't look at how could I do this? They look at how could somebody else do this for me? And they also are really quick to make decisions and back their decisions. Whereas middle managers um and are and um and are about decisions. There is no difference or not a big difference between CEOs make the right decisions 
versus middle managers make the wrong decisions. They both make the equal amount of wrong and right calls, but the difference is that the CEOs make decisions quickly and don't ask, how could I do this? They ask, where do I need help with this? So I feel zero guilt around asking for help during school holidays. One of the things that we have in our house that we've had for a long time now and just accepted that without it, our house is less harmonious is a cleaner that supports us with the vacuuming, the mopping, et cetera, of the house. It's one less thing on my mental load. And we also have a lawnmower man that comes to support us. Um, but I really feel zero guilt about asking my parents to help us for one or two days during the school holidays. And something else that has worked for us is almost doing parent swaps. So your kids will have friends who they desperately want to play with during school holidays cool do a swap with another parent sometimes more kids equals less work because they all occupy one another they're going to have a great time playing with their friends and you get a minute to get stuff done so never feel guilty asking another parent and maybe it's another small business owner within your community maybe it's one of their school friends whatever it is put it out there coordinate play dates at the same time so that if you have multiple kids you get that minute of peace and then offer to return the favour for half a day, whatever it is, so that then you can have a day to work. I feel like this has been a long episode, but a very worthwhile episode. If you have loved this episode, reach out and let me know if you have any tips during the school holidays, because I know that so many of us in the Northern Hemisphere are going into the big mama whopper school holidays. If you have any tips that have really worked for you, or maybe you try letting your kids wake up to a fort or a treasure hunt in the morning and you're like, oh my God, this worked. Please come and reach out and let me know on Launch Easy Life so that we can share with other people. And wishing you a beautiful and glorious school holidays, whether you are working lots, working a little, I hope that it is like goes well for you. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode and I will speak to you soon. Bye. We are done with the meat and potatoes of this episode, but I am not letting you go just yet, my friend. Before you jump off, I have three quick things that I would love to share with you. Number one is thank you so much for listening today. If you'd like to hear more about growing your visibility through Instagram, podcasting or Pinterest, creating or launching or growing your signature program, automations, or many more online business nuggets of gold, pause now, hit that subscribe button because we are here for you weekly. Number two is if you would like to learn more about working with us and joining our signature program, the Well-Conceived Mastermind, which is unlike any mastermind you've seen before, check out our show notes below and you will find all the links to join the waitlist or sign up and join the mastermind now. And number three, lastly, if you do nothing else, make sure you come and find us on Instagram for daily behind the scenes and hugely savable and value-packed content. You will find us at Launch Easy Life. Well, that's it from me today. Now go out there and create your well-paid business and your well-lived life. <laughs>